tuned into episode 34 of the Hip Pod Heads podcast, where me and Novak discuss our favorite hip hop moments. I am No Sage, and you know, follow us on all the socials. Check us out, rate, review, share, all that good stuff. We got a special guest on this episode, friend of our former previous guest, Paradox Frequency Manipulator. Iowa Rockwell, MC Crave, Dave Urso. Welcome to the show, sir. What's up, guys? Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. Yeah, Hello, man. Dave, welcome. We've been, um, Thank you. I've been collaborating with you. I've been crossing paths with you. It just seems like all, all, all roads lead to you, man. So it's like, you know, and I know you're a husband, father, and um, genre bending music, musician for life you know, lover of all good music. Like what what uh what current bands are you on? Because I know you're a one man band of many bands. <laughs> yeah, so um I'm in two bands technically right now. Uh right. one is a band by the name of Honest Enemy. And that came about with recently in the last like year and a half with guys I grew up with. We had been talked about talked about doing that for a long time, doing something. We finally got it together. Um, and, um, you know, we've been recording just made a little video, which I'm going to pass, start passing out and, um, try to get it done before Halloween, had a little spooky aesthetic to it, you know, <laughs> and my, had my son in it, um, Damien, it. my older son, that was cool. And, um, and then the other band I'm in is Kingery and Kingery is a band that. I don't know, I'm probably the third or fourth drummer in this band over time, but um, the brothers, uh, Gene and Ed Jenke, they put this band together a long time ago with John Cush, the singer. And then Gene and I had met through years. He's a bass player. We were working on some other music together, uh, a kind of a funk project called Cosmic Sugar. And um, that kind of is still not dead out there you know well, we want to put it together at some point again and um but then you know they kind of recruited me to do what they were doing in the past they wanted to bring it back to life and i heard what they were doing i liked it it was uh challenging at times a little progressive so i said yeah let's do it you know i jump in and um everyone's busy everyone's you know we're all busy dads doing our thing locally still yes um, sir so we you know, so we all, we got to work efficiently and try to get stuff in where we could fit stuff in, you know, and, um, that's probably the story for a lot of us at this point, you know, but, Yo, but I love yeah, it though, so you, that, you've always been a utility man. Like even before being a dad, you always just put in that work, just, you know, like playing your role and just, um, making it work moments, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's kind of how we met, you know, back, back in the day. And, um, with with the third islanders crew and um and all that great stuff that was happening then you know i was always a fan of of hip-hop and really a fan of mixing it up the best i can you know and um when i got the call from joel and uh maxime you know yes Max, the one and only who goes by video dave nowadays they broke, they broke the mole when they make that kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, man. And, yeah. uh, they broke, they, they broke it and made sure they swept it up and put away. There's no one in the world like that, dude. But, uh, <laughs> and I love him to this day, you know, 
love him to this day. So, but, um, you know, he called me up. We were all in the neighborhood over there, you know, off of Damien and stuff. And, um, and we had become friends and he knew I played. He's like, come and come and do this. I'm like, all right, when's, you know, what do we got going? When's the first show? Tuesday. It was like, this was like, this was like, no, Thursday. This was on a Tuesday. <laughs> Mike, oh, all right, let's do it. <laughs> you know, so that's how that came together very quickly, you know. So, and th those were great times. I appreciate you um, waxing poetic on the nostalgia because we also had North Star on our podcast. We're going to have Video Dave at some point. And when I was mentioning All Roads Lead to You, we already had Spiz on our show as well. I was actually chopping it up with Pablo last week. He's going to be on our podcast pretty soon, too. And he's been cooking it up a lot of, you know, um, hybrid things just like you do as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, man, like, real talk, when you're talking about those days in Wicker Park, Bucktown, like, Sub-T, like, I... I was just a hip hop kid. I was just a hip hop kid with a tape deck at the crib. Like I wasn't really a musician by any stretch of the imagination. But when I performed with you with the collective, like that was my first experience of like instrument live hip hop. You know what I mean? Like in its truest form. And it's just like it was just an honor and a blessing, man. Just to always like you know be in your space whenever, whenever we cross paths. Yeah, you know what was fun about that stuff too is that is that there was um there was like a freedom with it as well you know so like every every show had was different uh i had often i remember my first few shows with that i had a different bass player every time most of it was unrehearsed you know so and and now we're going back a little ways you know in time so i remember those first couple shows having my disc man <laughs> next to me and i would duck down behind the kit and listen to just the beginning of the song that was programmed initially, mm -hmm. just so I can get those first licks to lead the song in, right? And then it would just go off on its own free ass, you know, aspect kind of thing. And but what was what was holding it together was the lyrics, the MCs, and the rhythm, the rhythm of that. You know what I mean? So it's I got to play off of the rhythm of you guys you know, and it was like that back and forth. So that was the one thing where, as in a lot of stuff, I'm always relying on my bass player. I was very relying on you guys with, with that stuff to kind of keep me in place and keep everyone true. You know, if that makes sense. That's pretty awesome. So, so you, you're basically playing it by ear. You're hearing it and then basically just playing it. Yeah, it was kind of a bounce back and forth kind of kind of thing, all in real time, you know, wow. real time, same time, you know. So uh, <laughs> it would it would morph into whatever um, at times. But again, we'd have the stability of of the MCs, which we had a lot of. You know, we, we were like Wu Tang kind of in a, in a, in yeah, a way. Man. There was like a lot of lot of dudes on stage. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there, there was there was like a horn section. I also wanted to mention like Surfboard C, aka um, Cornell. He's going to be on our show at some point, as well as you know Dave, um, aka Video Dave. We're going to have him too. But yeah, like all the all the MCs, you know, like with their own personalities, doing their their um, Midwest version of the. Um, the posse 90s hip hop scene, as it were. 
it was just it was it was dope man i mean like honestly like i i am never really versed in jazz but i always love the romantic notion of like hip-hop being jazz and you know just being able to create like music just you know like live and just right out the cuff and just you know just kind of freestyling it as it were yeah 100 you know that that um that's important to me like as a musician is is um having that ability to to kind of step in and out a little bit genre like i was saying genre bending a little bit you know some of the best stuff i've done over time has been with guys who who like all different styles of music you know or we could flip it from from rock to reggae and you know in the same thing and then you know twist it back around and uh you know throw this or throw that in it um that that's a lot of fun. It keeps things interesting. If you're a person on the listening side of that in the crowd, at least from my perspective, that keeps me interested, you know, um, because it's not vanilla at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I think that applies with, with all kinds of music. If you wanted to, you know, um, you know, it might start off with rock, but you could veer off this way. It might start off with hip hop, but you could veer off this way. But it's always going to come back to point A, you know. So, and that's uh, that's a good a good thing to do, I I think, from a listening perspective, and a someone who uh, you know, I'm not a young man anymore, you know, but I still think I have ADD for on some level when it comes to music, for sure. You know, what I mean, it's like. <laughs> It's like, I can't just do the same shit all the time or else I'm going to get bored, you know? So, you know, that's a good, good way to look at it. I, I mean, you think, you think about it, like, that's the way music is. Like, you know, like some of your influences, like, you know, I know, I know you're influenced by Rodney MC, Eric B. And I noticed that reference Rage, Rage Against the Machine. I started thinking about the Evil Empire. You know, that was probably like the first album I heard from Rage, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. And it's got so many hip hop elements on the Evil Empire. You listen to it. I mean, it's got that great album work, the cover, that you know, that image on the cover is pretty nice. You know, every every drum on that, every drum on that Evil Empire uh album is, is phenomenal, pretty much. Right. I guess I guess your take on things when you get into rage a bit, what what were your influences? What made you fall in love with Rage Rage Against Machine? Well, I mean that that's simple. You got the public enemy going on in the background there. I love I love public enemy in the 80s, man. I loved it, mm-hmm. you know. Um again, I'm not a spring chicken, you know. I'm gonna I got my oh, I, I don't know if I should even say this, but I mean I'm approaching my 52nd birthday in fe- this upcoming February hey. which is crazy. You know? Um and uh you know, so I, I was lucky to have grown up in times where I get the 70s 60s, 70s influence into the 80s with New Wave, and then boom, Public Enemy came out, you know, and what I loved about Public Enemy is that they were pissed off, you know what I mean? It was like, so it still had, they had a message, the music was great, um, and it, it, it still had that, uh, it might have been hip-hop, but it still had that punk rock aesthetic to it because they were aggravated and they had shit to say, you know what I mean? So when you're a teenage kid, that's appealing, you know, um, it just is, you know, you, you hear that. And then, then you get, you know, the baseline from follow the leader from Eric being Rakim, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. how can you say, how do you say no to that? You know, like you hear that shit 
And it's funny, I, I sent you that message yesterday, and wouldn't you know, because mm-hmm. I listened to uh, Rock the Bells on, on Sirius XM, you mm-hmm. know, I'm in, in my, and sure enough, that came on last night. I'm like, oh, that's, that's got to be a sign or something. And <laughs> Yes, sir. Took you back. You know, I had my eight-year-old in the car that I picked up from his piano lesson, and he's like, Daddy, I like this song. I'm like, I know. I know. It's just, you know, you, you just feel it. You know, how could you say no to that bass line? And that... And that articulated <laughs> lyric, you know what I mean? And that's what I yeah, loved about man. back then is that I could, I understood what they were saying and it was articulated and it just, you know, struck a chord, you know, so you lead, but at the same time, I would be a teenager in my bedroom listening to that, but I'd also be flipping over to Led Zeppelin when I was done with that, you know, uh, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and Iron Maiden, you know, you know english metal at the time and whatever else i was listening to at the time so i'm listening to this on one extreme and listening to that on another stream and then boom all of a sudden you hit the 90s and a rage against the machine comes into play and it's like everything that i was loving kind of was served on one dish you know and uh, i was like holy shit i'm like they're, they're aggravated it's hip-hop it's it's metal you know what i mean it's like it's everything you would want and it was done well you know what i mean it wasn't like some cheesy cheesy just you know uh thrown together stuff it was done well and there was a message in there as well you know you know some of the messages might as you get older might get lost over with you know but the the delivery certainly does not you know um, I'll still hear some of that music as many times as I've heard it when I'm driving, all of a sudden I see my speed limit going up a little, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? The speedometer is going up a little bit because I'm still getting pumped up when I'm listening to that shit, you know? So, um, but same way, you know, with, with a public enemy and, uh, I hear, don't believe the hype. I'm bumping that shit when I'm dropping my kids off at school or whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, um, and you know, so, yeah, and there was the 90s were a very interesting time for that because that merger of sounds was happening. Hip hop was very influential into rock in the 90s. Very influential. Even if, even if it wasn't a guy who was necessarily rapping over it, you were still hearing hip hop minded grooves yes. with some of the stuff. Um, some samples dropped in, some things like that with bands, even like corn, you know what I mean? Like stuff oh, like that. Yeah. You know, they had a hip hop under underbelly as well even though it wasn't necessarily hip-hop you know what i mean so and for for the kids that grew up with that stuff you you got it and you understood it you just you just went with it because you felt it you know what i mean so um and, you know, and then it moved on to some stuff that might be per, you know perceived as a little on the cheesier side with the limp biscuits and all that stuff for the world but some of that was good too you know <laughs> So when that was good too, I saw those fools at, at Woodstock, dude, you know, I was there at Woodstock when dude was on the board. I was about 20, 20 feet away from him. I've never been in a crowd like that since it was crazy. You know, so, um, mm-hmm. whatever they were doing, they were doing something right. You know, so, so yeah, so it was, you know, know yeah. You know, the, the question of how you get to that point, it's just loving, loving good stuff, you know, loving good, tasteful stuff from different, from different uh, genres. And, and kind of putting in one ball, if you will. I, I love how you said it was all served on one dope platter when Rage came out. So that was that was a nice walkthrough. I actually wanted to go back to you talking about the ADD aspect, right? Because when we had Spiz and he was talking about his drumming and, you know, like how he would just get into his whole like um, drumming, drumming bass type vibes. Like, I feel like 
don't know, there's probably a lot of stuff that's stirring in your mind as far as like escapism, as far as releasing, like you just mentioned messages. And then just like the whole thing, like I love that you pointed out, like you don't necessarily need to hear rapping to know that it's hip hop. It's definitely a vibe. It all comes back to the drums or even other things probably in music for that matter. Right. Right. True. I mean, the rhythm, you know, you got that rhythm. You're holding it down a little bit more. It's um, it's less of the spastic changes and things like that. It's more more consistent. And, you know, sometimes that's hard from a drumming perspective because you would think it's easier. But sometimes just staying staying in that pocket, you want it. You want to jump out, you know, so. um so for so those guys who do that, like a guy like Brad Will from Rage, um, but you know, then it progresses into a hip hop band like The Roots. You know what I mean? Like, yes, dude, the first time I heard The Roots and realized that they were a live band, you know, I was like, dude, I love this shit. You know, love it. And I saw them in the late '90s as well. And Questlove was probably a, an influence on me when I was with Third Islanders. And that I kind of just stripped away my drum kit and was just playing on a kick snare hi-hat, just a real simple kit just to keep us together. I didn't need to be really going all over the place. I just wanted to keep us as a as a tight unit, as tight as we could be for having something different every time, right? You know? <laughs> you know, for those who were part of that, understand exactly what I'm talking about with that. Yeah. You know? But um, yeah, that 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 rhythm, you know that that hip hop mindset of kind of boom you know let's keep it here and let's bring it and make it pop out when it needs to pop out you know and it happens more around the lyrics than it does in the delivery of the lyrics and the and the rhythmic of what you guys do and that's another reason why i like hip you know the hip hop stuff because there's there's percussion in in the delivery right mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like a conga yes. player at times. You know what I mean? It's like you're you're not playing necessarily on the beat. You're playing off the beat. You know you know what I mean? And that's you know you get the right MCs, and they're doing that, and that's keeping everything in a nice flow. And you know maybe a little friction here and there. You know what I mean? That's good. Right. It's happened happening rhythmically through the delivery of those lyrics. You know so. Um, that's another attraction with that. And that's, again, you, things you could be found in music related to that, like we were talking about. I just love that you were just also like culturing your your kiddos there. Because I do the same thing. It's kind of like, hey, you need to pay attention to this. And every now and then it catches their ears. So I, I know that your, your, um, your kids are into music. You sent me some videos of your oldest on the keys. He was really nice on it. Yeah. So... <laughs> that's 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 nice though i like that um you keep like underlining the message because i think i mean i don't i don't want to say that the message is lost but you know like for for music nowadays sometimes it feels like it's that it's very much secondary which which is fine right i mean music can be just a vibe and an emotion too but you know there's a definite there's a definite prominent lane in the message but the, the, these this generation of kids, the the eleven and below or twelve and up, they're so their musicality is so unique right now. Like you know, my kid does piano, and it's amazing when you got you're in a room with a kid playing the piano, and you got a drummer in the room, and then you got a, you got somebody playing bass in the room, 
And this is what you're seeing now with their teaching of music. They're teaching music like it's a band right now. Right. You know, like it used to be separate piano lessons by themselves. No, it's the whole entire band in one room. Sure. We do uh, Old Town School of Music. And okay. so basically, you go in there, and it's like everybody is like, man, they're all playing different instruments. It's nuts to see how much talent. You even got MCs walking around the building now. Like yeah. kids that poets. I'm like, that's the MC over there. So you put it together. You think about like you think about the third islands and islanders and everything like that. People are already doing that now yeah. at like twelve year olds, and and they're going to be they're going to be much further advanced than we were musically and everything, or how we listen to music and play music and everything. Oh yeah, I agree. Not not to mention like uh, the YouTube aspect of of all that. You know, like mm -hmm. well, you're able to see on YouTube and get a lesson now for free and all this other stuff. Like we we didn't have that. I didn't have that. You know, it's like. You know, you need to either you need to put the time in or, or spend time in a room with somebody teaching you or whatever it was. And, you know, um, now these kids, you know, just like with sports, you know, I relate music and being in a band to being on a team, you know, a lot because mm -hmm. um, it's so similar in so many ways. And, um, you know, these you look at these these athletes and the things that they're doing now that that some of the guys in the past weren't doing. They're like they're their bodies are look, you know, they look like they're chiseled. You know what I mean? They're doing these crazy things that they didn't, and they could do that with music as well, because it's all out there to, to find. So, you know, um, it's uh, for my son in general, you know, he's eight years old. My older son, he plays piano. He's been taking piano lessons, but, you know, he also plays drums and he has my ear, but now he's going to have musical training that I didn't have. So it's going to be, it's going to be silly if he stays with it. You know what I mean? He's going to be that good. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we want for our kids. Right. I mean, um, but it does blow your mind when you're seeing some of them do what I was hoping to do at 18 and he's doing it at eight, you know, <laughs> like, you know, so. Yeah. I, so say, say a word about that because like Dave from Spiz, you know, from Spism, like he sort of mentioned that he kind of came up on classical music training, but then he kind of somehow stepped into drumming. I don't know if it was like a, an escape element for him or just, you know, it was just a different cavern of his brain he wanted to like explore. Like, are you are you more or less saying like, since you were in train, that you sort of like fell into music in a different way? I started late playing music. I always wanted to play music. Um, and then it just, there was like a specific moment, epiphany, if you want to, if you, you know, want to call it that I was right. just standing there at a concert and I was like, holy shit, that's it. Now I got to play. Nice. Uh, I got to move. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I like, love that. Yeah. You know, I, I saw that concert was in 1991 and it was, it was Red Hot Chili Peppers. All right. Uh, and, uh, man, they still kicking around, man. Dude, they're not only still kicking it, their last two albums are are super dope, super dope. And you want to talk about a guy that spits out a lot of lyrics. I mean, I'd love to have a, a, a lyric count on everything that guy has put out through the years because <laughs> he says a lot. He says a lot in within a three to four minute song. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of memory. That's a whole other aspect of you know, singing and playing and all that other shit. But, yes, um, you know, but back to that, that particular moment, I remember seeing that show. It was, you know, some of the biggest bands that would be were Pearl Jam and Smashing Pumpkins and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And, and uh, it blew my mind. It just, it just blew my mind. I was like, 
you know, remember the Memorex commercials when the dude's sitting in a chair and shit and he just getting the wind blowing at him? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I felt. I felt like I was the only person in that the Aragon when that was going on. I was like, holy shit, dude, this just blew my mind. You know what I mean? And, um, made some calls. My uncle was a sax player. I, you know, I'm like, Uncle Rudy, if anyone's look, selling a drum set, I got it. I want it. Oh, he literally nice. calls me. Literally calls me up a week later and says, my buddy's getting divorced. He's got a PA and a drum set. Do you want it? I said, I want it. Hey. hey. And that's where it all started. You know what I mean? So Wow. Yeah. And uh, so my my training, that was a long answer to all that. My training was really playing with guys that were better than me always. And, and making them force me to keep up with them. You know what I mean? Exactly. That was how I played. And I got to where I'm at these days. Now that... I don't recommend for a lot of people. I think sometimes it's better to be isolated and work on your instrument, but I just wanted to make music. I just yeah, wanted to make music. You know what I mean? I wanted to create. So sometimes I uh, looking back, I'm like, I wish I would have probably a little, spent a little more alone time working on, you know, paradiddles and shit like that, you know, right, <laughs> left, right, left, you know, but more, I was more like, what are you doing? Let's meet. What time? I don't know. I'm not free till one this morning. All right, let's meet at the studio. Let's go. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, and just work and just hammer shit out. And, you know, again, they're kind of making you better at what you do. And uh, for, as a drummer, I needed good bass players around. That was always important. I always had a good bass player around and that made me, you know, stay true to, to my plane and um, not, you know, staying within the wheelhouse of things, if you will, you know, and, um, you know, and then occasionally again, like we talked about earlier, stepping out, a little bit here and there where we're uh when you know when duty calls you know but yeah man you know. i mean you as, as far as as long as i've known you you've always seemed like a jack of all trades type dude but i love that story you told because it's sort of like like the sports connection too right like for me i really didn't have any like formalized sports training other than going to open gyms with my dad for basketball right and then it's like right. hey i know i want to play i know they got game i need to put myself in a in a in a space where there's better competition than me so i can you know level up basically right right exactly there's a lot man you know when you get when you get to playing with dudes you know, I don't care if you're playing basketball or football, you know, remember that Turkey bowl we did back in the day? Yeah, that was a good game, dude. That was a really yes, good game. Sir. It was fun. But, um, live to tell the tale. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably one of my last ones to be honest. Hey. With you. <laughs> but, <laughs> broken, baby. Oh, dude, I'd love to, I'd love to, uh, but we got you. you know, just kind of knowing where your guy's going to be. Right. Like you could like if you're playing defense. Right. And, and you know, watching a game last night against the Bucks and the Bulls. Right. If you're going to veer off in that zone, mm-hmm. and you're going to move over to this side. You got to make sure that your guy's going to cover your ass on this side. You know what I mean? So um, there's there's that same with football timing patterns. Right. You're throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure your guy's going to be there. So, you know, some of that happens on, on the. You know, when the dude's scrambling and getting there, you kind of still know where he's going to go. You know what I mean? And that's that's the jam and that's the freeness aspect of it. If you're mm-hmm. playing music, you know, or if it's if it's staying within those lines, you know, and we rehearsed it this way and that's how we decided we're going to do it, then that's how we're going to do it. You know what I mean? So um, there's a lot of parallels with sports and music and life in general, to be honest with you, because it's all, you know, in my, my opinion, it's all about keeping a rhythm 
and timing and rhythm, you know, um, in your career and your love life and whatever, you know, you know, so, <laughs> you know, and like, I'm, I'm sort of going down this rabbit hole. Cause you just made me think about sports and music and hip hop and rap. And I not long ago finished the, the Hulu Lakers series, that leg legacy series where it starts uh, like from the magic days and it goes all the way to LeBron, <laughs> LeBron days. Right. But there's one of the episodes in the mini docuseries or whatever it is, where they sort of like were pinpointing like basketball had more class. Like you were talking about, like you be here, you be there camaraderie. But then, you know, when the LA riots hit, then it was like more angst. And they were talking about the Van Exel days, you know, and the respect. Days. So. so I was sort of like, I feel like hip hop is like an amalgam of that. It's sort of like, the proxy of, you know, everyone's doing their musical shit, but also there's the time to beat your chest and, you know, like, just like dunk on somebody. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, again, the, the parallels are there with, with all of it. Right. You know, you know, I, you know, NBA and everything else. And, you know, those are, you know, you're crossing over with some stuff too, with all that too. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, you know, that's that hip hop ends up being the soundtrack for, for so much of that. And, um, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like, you know, you, you got to catch a rhythm and timing, you know, sometimes not about even what, you know, who, you know, sometimes it's just about the timing of when you decided to do it. You know what I mean? Like right. you, you jump in on something too soon, you fuck the song up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, and, or too late for that matter. You missed, you missed, uh, you missed the parade. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm -hmm. there's, there's so many parallels with all of it. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, not to, to go too far on that. Right. You know, um, and, and with, there's a lot of interesting characters in sports as well as there are musicians, man. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> That's for sure. No, it's like it's like if you missed the wave, pretty much at that point, you come in too early. You, it's almost like when you watch girl, little girls jump rope. If they jump too soon, then they mess up the whole process. Then they got to start the whole. They got to start turning the rope again at the same time. But you write about the parallels to sports. It's like you can tell during every time period who the who the who the uh, who the artist was, what the influence was. Like the Lakers series you mentioned. It was a lot. Of, it kind of was a little bit of coming off that Led Zeppelin high, you know, touring with Magic after L.A. He was still moving like a rock star, you know. To you know, like you write, you got you said Led Zeppelin. I, I had that flashback. I'm thinking like, man, you know, I was I was a baby around that time period, but at the same time, I remember that music. I remember like watching those videos with the blimp with, with the you know with the Hindenburg uh, blimp crashing. That's what I think about when I think about Led, uh, Led Zeppelin. I think about them crashing culture at that point. That blimp hitting was like symbolic. It was like they changed music. You know, Jimmy Page, you know, and Robert Plant, them, they changed music at that point in time. 100%. 100%. Still a, uh, it'll always be fresh to my ears, you know, and making sure that my kids carry that love on and, and, uh, with, with stuff like that. I mean, they've been, they've been a highly sampled band over time as well. You've heard them. A lot of different stuff in hip hop. I know the Beastie Boys used to sample the shit out of out of them mm -hmm. back in the day, um, and because they had, you know, it was it was cool. And that you know, there again, you know, they were some of that rock rap stuff. Just kind of taking us back to what we were talking about earlier. Some of that was going on. You know, Run Run DMC was doing that already. Um, King of Rock, you know, back in the day, and then you had the Beastie Boys messing with stuff. And, um, you know, one of the best shows I ever saw in my life ever, and I've seen a lot, 
was the Beastie Boys with Tribe Call Quest. And uh, wow. dude, that was, that was, it was in the round. It was at when Rosemont Horizon was still, you know, Rosemont Horizon. And um, Tribe did their thing and the, the B-Boys came on and just, just smashed everything. It was great because they were, that was a band that was genre bending if there ever was one because they were like, they were punk rock guys initially. They moved into hip hop. They were doing funk. So they would, they would give you everything at one of their shows. And I'm like, damn, my dude, I would love to be part of that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'd love to jump off the drums and jump on the congas. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> like leave that and like have someone else come in and do that. You know what I mean? Like just move around. Um, it just made me think of that, you know, veering off again a little bit, but you know, there was, there was all happening that, that melding of things was kind of all happening in, uh, in that time, you know? So, uh, sorry, I, I got off, got off script there. I oh, know this is good stuff, man. You write about, you write about how everything changed at that point. Like, you know, I think, uh, first time my kid heard corn in the uh, ice cube that, you know, the, Sarah fuck dying, and I didn't want her to hear it. And she was just like, "But Daddy, the song is so nice because you know all you, all you hear is corn in the background. Ice Cube's rapping on top of it. Yeah, but corn, corn is killing it the whole entire time. I mean, you know, I would say hip hop and band and everything like that. And you talk about the roots. It's like the roots do a good job of it, but when you go true rock, or you do like you know, you look at the Eagles. And stuff like what the Eagles did, you know, uh, the Eagles album pretty much is sampled, you know, they sampled hell out the Eagles and everything. Yeah, they you know, did. You're right. Yeah. And the Eagles to me, man, like I, I, I bought some of their, I mean, vinyl has really reconnected me with, with rock and hip hop and everything else lately because the vinyl era basically breaks you back into music at its purest form at this point in time. Right, right. Yeah, I, I started kind of re-upping my, my vinyl collection. I need to get a new turntable, but um, I see Gateway something that I like, you know, I see something I like and I, I'm like, oh, I got to grab it. Even if I'm not listening to it, I got to have it, you know, and yes, sir. Um, it reminds me of being a, a kid and being fascinated with those album covers. Oh, Anyways, you know, yeah, another way, another way to pay, pay it forward to this, this current, you know, this current generation. I, I apologize. I do got to peel off in a sec. I will let Novak close this out in a moment, but um, Ursula, you, you're making me thinking about like the drummer aesthetic. Cause like, I would have just thought it was just like, go wild out, you know, just a balls to the wall. Like, you know, just keep jamming. But like you, you said a couple of times, like sometimes you have to know when to stay in the pocket or when to like step back. So like, there's this like dope quote I love from dilated peoples, like the best MC on that crew is evidence, right? He has this really like recognizable voice. And I always grapple with this line out of some of his lyrics. Like the line basically says, my motto, I didn't write, but this I quote, it ain't where you put your words, it's where you don't, right? And it's kind of like, I, I sometimes like think about that from time to time. It's like sometimes there's music bits where it's like, sometimes you just have to stop. Sometimes you have to let it breathe. And sometimes you have to know like when to pause. So like, it's it just, it's just sort of like, it, it's sort of at odds in my mind. It's like, how can a blank space be so important to music when there's no music happening, you know? Space, dude, you know, space is important. Um, it's real important in, in music. Some of the best drummers and musicians out there know that. They know that's why they're the best. You know, it's like you can't always be pushing. You know, sometimes you got to you gotta hang back a little bit and 
throw that stop in there because that stop makes everyone that does this. It's like, oh, what's that? <laughs> now you you pick back. You know what I mean? It's like it's that little friction um, that I often like to have in my music. You know, you could be flowing, 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 then boom, stop. Out of you know, even if it's two seconds or breath, you just take a and you kick it back in. Right? It gives it that little little friction that to me keeps things interesting because otherwise it's it's this you know what i mean it's just straight it's a straight line and straight lines are boring you know what i mean so even if it's simple sometimes just that little breath in there has to happen so, i agree that's a great line i love that line i want to I got to remember that now i want to listen to it to be honest with you i haven't <laughs> listened to that band in a long time anyways Nah, it's um, you know, you, you think about it. I mean, that that silence sometimes is like golden. Sometimes, you know, especially especially when everybody starts moving, like you know, uh, Black Eyed Peas do it a lot. Where they they start, you know, they, they're working real hard, then they just pause, and the whole crowd just stops, and you hear that dead silence in there, and they bring it back, and it comes back harder than before they paused it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But it gave it gave it just it jerked your blood a little bit. You know what I mean? Just by doing mm -hmm. that. And so it, it grabs, it grabs the people. I remember seeing the, the roots back in the day. Um, it was at the Tibetan freedom concert. I don't know if you remember those. That I remember was, those. Yeah, it was, it was the beastie boys thing. They were putting on these shows and it was in a couple of different cities. The first one I saw was in San Francisco. This one happened to be at Alpine Valley, but the roots came out. Um, and, they were stopping, literally stopping, like freezing, all of them. And it wasn't just for a breath. They would stop and they would freeze. And there was, I don't know, some signal that was going on in between them all. Someone did a sound or something that you couldn't hear, but they all kicked mm -hmm. back in. Perfect. And it just got the crowd. Everyone was just like, uh, waiting for when they were kind of going to come back in. And they were doing it like different times every time. It was so dope. You know, and uh, I love it, you know, because it's just changing things up and it's keeping it interesting is what it's doing. It's fun to watch too, right? You know. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Quest Love, and then you think about, then you got Black Thought in that group. I mean, they, you know, the Roots, I mean, they've had different members of the Roots over time, but I would say every version of that band has been dope or different in some way. Like, you know, uh, you know, you think about uh, Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia basically was a different sound versus what they're doing today. Like I was just listening to the one of their most recent, I was how, you know, how I got over and that situation. I mean, they're, you know, they're evolving, which is really nice, you know, with a band. Right. Evolution right. of the Roots is, is incredible. Their sound has gotten, their sound has gotten, they can play any cover at this point right now. It was strictly oh, yeah. hip hop, but now it's evolved to, it's, it's more, it's bigger than hip hop at this point. They're everybody's band, which which is incredible. No, they're 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 a well-rounded band. I remember seeing them. I've seen them a lot of times over over the years, and they are they will put, you know, they were doing rock covers, and they were, you know, they um, their guitar player, what's his name, Kurt Kurt Doug, Douglas, I believe. Mm -hmm. That dude smokes. I mean, that dude could play anything. You know what I mean? So you you put him in you can put him in the middle of a metal band and a guy'll guy'll figure it out, you know. And uh, so they were. I remember seeing them. They were, they were covering Guns and Roses. They were like, but they were like taking snippets of it and throwing it into different. You know what I mean? Like doing a medley almost, if you will. That takes that takes talent to do that. You know, that's that's a lot of talent. So yeah, again, you know, the kind of the mix up idea of things 
um, you know, the, the currently the bands that I'm in are definitely the rock, the rock bands. Um, but um, it's kind of one of those things. Remember the Godfather three? When, when El Pacino mm-hmm. was like trying to go legit and he's like, every time I try to get out, they pull me back in, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like one of those situations. I, you know, I'm known in my little circles and, and I get calls and it's all, as long as it's done tasteful, it's cool. But I, I love funk. I love horn sections and I'd love to do something again with, with Mr. Alba over there, you know, and, and crew. Um, I, you know, I'd love to some, do some kind of reunion show with those guys at some point. Um, just to keep it interesting. It, hey, yeah. I mean, like, well, I, well, I understand me. Now, the songs I've listened to so far is that Redemption track is nice. <laughs> you know, I've heard Breathe, I've heard Redemption, and, you know, just li- just listening, you know, listening to, like, what stands out in those tracks, it, man, the soul is, the soul in those tracks is incredible. You, li- you know, it, it makes the MC want to get on Redemption, you know, and see, like, basically, what else can we do? What else can we do with this sound right now? That's the way I listen to music, and I'm like, okay, who can I imagine on top of this, on top of, on top of you guys playing like this? I mean, because the energy is fanatic almost, basically. Yep, yep. You know, we're definitely going for a specific, um, not an overproduced sound. We kind of wanted that rawness to it. Mm-hmm. And um, to... to for nostalgic reasons you know what i mean i i you hear a lot of good stuff and you could tell underneath it all there's some good players in there but i think like there's a there's a trend in rock and heavy music right now that is is really overproduced it's really overproduced there's they're using too many plugins and shit let's get the real sound of the snare in that room you know what i'm saying and let's get the right room the right the right filling and and use the, the acoustics that are happening to our favor instead of immediately flipping away and, and plugging in on something else, you know? Um, so I'm glad you guys like it. You know, redemption is definitely a song that you could probably throw some smooth, um, you know, like a rap over if you wanted to, um, mm-hmm. maybe not so much the, the breathe song, but you know, it all could be done. You know, it depends on which way you're looking at it from what angle, you know, it can all be done. Look at, look at by, you know, are you, are you familiar with Body Count and uh, I am. So I, so Ice T's man. Yeah. yeah, Body Count. Yeah, I'm familiar with them. Dude, but dude, Ice T's still doing it, dude. I mean, he's he's mm-hmm. still out there doing it. Saw him last summer. Love him. It's actually one of my sons. He was two years old. He was on my shoulders watching Body Count at a festival. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and uh, remember seeing him do his regular rap show at the Metro, and then coming out with Body Count in the early '90s, and that was like. Cause I loved, I loved Ice T coming out of the eighties. Um, I didn't mention him earlier, just thought about it, you know, as we're talking, but he, you know, he's doing, he's not necessarily a singer. So he's, he's kind of doing a, a version of rap slash singing over metal, mm-hmm. you know, and it's still packing houses to be done. I mean, you know, it's rap style singing, but he's such a he's a strong lyricist. So, like, you know, the thing with Ice T was he always had a good delivery. His setup and delivery is impeccable. Even even like when he's just doing purely hip hop beats, he took that to Body Count. Cause yeah, I remember Body Count. I mean, I remember that first album, Cop Killing, everything on there. It, it, that was a brilliant album. The problem was people focused on that one track, didn't hear the rest of the album. And right. you know, and when I bought that originally on a cassette tape. I bought it because I want to hear, I want to hear cop killer. And then I heard the other songs on there. And I'm like, 
man, these dudes really can play. So, I mean, body count, yeah, they're phenomenal. Uh, they're, they're, they're up there. I mean, I think that they have not, they should, they're mainstream, but they should be more mainstream. If you think about it, they should be more out there in that situation. But Ice T, you know, he's still holding it down. He's still doing shows. People know what body count is. They got, they got a nice, um, discography out there. You go listen to them. They got a lot of music that nobody knew they did. That's the crazy thing. Exactly. You know, there's like, uh, there's, I think there's kind of a blessing with some of those, some of those bands when you don't get overly big because they could still come through cities and play the, you know, the, the metros, the Aragons of the world, the ribs of the world and pack the shit out of them, you know, versus that bag who rises too quick. And, and, you know, they were in stadiums now and now they're playing at, you know, summer fat, they're, you know, like, you know, summer barbecue fest somewhere out in Naperville or some shit. Right here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, they're, they're, they're craving that, uh, that stadium still we're versus guys that are kind of keeping it on, on a nice, um, level, level rise, if you will, you know, more, more, uh, strategic rise though. So, and they're, I'd say they'd fall in there with, with that. Well, think about Real Hot Chili Peppers. They, they rose real quick, they fell, and then they came back middle. So they're like, they're, and now they're rising again. Anthony Keith has always been awesome. You know, you think about, you know, you think about how he controls the crowd. I mean, you know, the first time, you know, the first time, the first time I listened to Californication, I was sitting there like, what is this? MTV, you know, during that time period, you know, hip hop, you know, certain Mr. Lockers went off with Baby Got Back, and that's the, you know, you see, you see Anthony Kiedis, you see his mouth, you know, that one video, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's basically he's rapping. He's so basically he's rapping, saying, yeah. He's basically yeah. rapping. You see Anthony Kiedis' mouth, and you see the, you see the tooth, you know, it's him. But that's Anthony Kiedis right there. I mean, what they were doing in those videos, giving away and everything like that, they were killing, they killed most of the 90s. And people, you know, don't always give them their flowers. They're like, Flea was in that group. Flea has always been Flea has always been on a different level in that situation. So, you know, Red Hot Chili Pepper is probably my is probably one of my earliest exposure to that to that style of like it's like hip hop meets rock and meets everything else. And I got to thank MTV for putting them on at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Still, still one of my uh, Sir, Sirius XM now. Like it's really hard for me to listen to a regular radio station now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the commercials and all that stuff. And Sirius XM happens to have a Red Hot Chili Pepper station right now. And it's great. It kind of reacquainted me with some old stuff. And got my kids loving it now and everything else because it's one of the go-tos in the um, in the car. But um, there's a song called Poster Child that just came out. Um, and, dude, that dude spits a lot of lyrics out in that song. Check check out that song if you haven't heard it. It's one of the out of the recent... Um, um, album that they put out in the last couple of years i think you'll like it sounds like you got a good wide range of uh of taste which is great you know it, it makes for good conversation too when you can come from different angles i've been listening to everything lately i mean like i got back at the beach boys recently pet shops no no pet sounds basically i've been listening to that that basically you can hear what the beatles are trying to do it's, it's funny because the Beach Boys and the Beatles, you look at that parallel and you look right. at how, how they played instruments in that situation. The Beach Boys were ahead of their time. Sure. That sounds phenomenal. You go listen to Abby, you know, Abby Lane and everything like that, and you, and you listen to it and you go, okay, so the beat, so like the way I look at music is that, you know, a lot of it, you know, it's me listening to the Beach Boys, is listening, is listening to um, 
you know, you know, you listen, you listen to like different different artists during that time period. I mean, there's a lot going on. I mean, even even Jimmy Buffett at one point in time was getting played in the car when I was going to school. So like every every artist was fair game in my house, even around my mentors and stuff like that growing up. They listened, everybody listened to everything. So like it wasn't just hip hop. You know, I like I love hip hop, but I find elements where like a Kanye or somebody sample somebody and you go, I know where that came from. You know, like Daft Punk. Think about Daft Punk. I mean, most right, of these hip hop artists today don't understand Daft Punk, but they're sampling Daft Punk, which is the hilarious thing about it. You know, it's it, you know that that basically that's music. You know, even before, when I was a kid, that people thought was weird and strange, but now it's the future. You know, you think like you know, I think I think some artists evolved so far up that we got we got to catch up with them just to understand what the hell they were trying to do. That's right. how I look at a lot of these bands. You know, they're more relevant. To, like, you know, Real Hot Chili Peppers and stuff like that, or even uh, Fleetwood Mac. They're more relevant today than they were during their time period. Right. You know, and it was, and it was done how many years ago, right? You know, and that's that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it all, where you, it, it becomes timeless. You know, and um, there's been so much of that. And again, you know, be, because I'm like my age and my love and of, of music in general. Like I, I, th- I feel blessed to have kind of rode through a f- few different decades where here I am born in the early seventies, but the people around me are listening to this. My mother loved R and B my aunt and uncles love rock and roll. You know what I mean? So it's like, you kind of start to get a little bit of all that. And then you move into your own likings and then you start to realize that there's a little bit of all that and all this you know so it's um it's yeah you know and then you move into some of the early hip-hop stuff which we talked about like I'll, it'll always be important to me you know like the public enemies and eric b's and stuff like that that shit is always going to be great to me oh, you know it, always it might sound dusty to, to some kid right now who's listening to, you know, to wherever he's listening to. I don't even know. You know, I feel like that old dude that like sometimes I don't know what's up, um, you know, and or I'm like, oh, my my time was better. You know what I mean? That guy. But um, they might hear it and be like, oh, this is this is so plain and there's not a lot going on in it. I'm like that's that's the, that's the beauty of it. You know, like it was down to what it to the basics and they were making it happen and it was new. It was new and it was breath of fresh air at the time. Well, think of it this way. I mean, when you made music back then, it went on for like 10 minutes almost. Right. You know, you think about, you know, Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. Now, I I got, the first time I heard that album, I was in high school. I'm making the 90s. I mean, I'm, I'm like in the mid 90s to the end 90s in high school. And I heard Dark Side of the Moon. And I'm sitting there listening to this and I'm just like, why does this make sense? You know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. So, I got older and listened to it again in college and listened to it again. You know, as a forty year old man, and I'm like, wow, Pink Floyd was on a different level. They're English, but at the same time, it was so American in concept. If you think about it, it's crazy. Like you know, that's so us and them. That song is ridiculous. You know, you listen you listen to the, the arrangement, the chords, and everything on it. And I think that's the way hip hop is going to be viewed over time. Like you know, you think about Run DMC, you think about. Uh, even Christmas and Hollis and stuff like that. It's got a rock bass on it. And people go like, you know, it's still, still one of my favorite Christmas songs, by the way, to this, to this everybody. day. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that song's phenomenal, man. You think about that. You think about even their, their, their later work, like down to King and everything like that. You got the rock in the background. 
you got the church effects, you got the lightning. It's a, it's a, basically it's a rock concert with, you know, with, with Ron and everybody rapping on top of it. That's what it is. And that's what made DMC so popular. And then you mentioned Eric B, you know, follow leader, you know, you think about, uh, right. You know, uh, you know, Eric B for president and everything like that. I mean, that stuff, heavy rock. And that's the way, it, that's why they got on MTV, to be honest with you. Cause you know, MTV was kind of blurring the lines a little bit, but we didn't catch it. Look at Funky Cold Medina, Tone Loke. Oh yeah. That's a, yeah, that's one of the biggest yeah. records out there. And it's a lot Funky of Cold Medina. <laughs> that was yeah. uh they sampled Van Halen on that one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Stop the hell out of Van Halen. I mean, and you know, you have like an older person at that point that somebody we thought was old come up to you, you know that's Van Halen. <laughs> and so you're like, no, that's Tone Loke. I'm like, no, that's Van Halen. So we're just, you know, history just repeating itself right now. We're going through the same cycle. That we went through when we were kids and some adult came up and said you know who the original who the original artist was on that song but yeah it, it, it is nice to see it evolve like this i mean i think that uh you need good music in order to have today music because i think there's not there's creativity today but it's more creativity with that you know you said it best let's put that machine there instead of the instrument but when you hear that instrument playing that's like i, I thought about a lot of live albums like like i bought all the roots albums live I picked up uh, a Kanye album. It's like uh, late, or- late orchestration, so it's the whole entire late registration album done with with a band. Yeah, and I mean, and it's it's a whole different vibe. Yeah, remember remember back in the day when um, LL Cool J busted out with a band and they did they did Mama said knock you out and uh-huh. he had a band dudes i mean i just remember dudes in the back with their long hair doing what they're doing shirts off whatever and LL cool j was up in front of it all and that was a he flipped the script on that because obviously it wasn't done that way originally but it could be done with a live band and you've seen that so many times i you know i saw i think eminem at one time at Lollapalooza or something and his band was awesome that he had back there you know, doing, of course, there was a DJ cutting stuff mm-hmm. in here, here and there, you know, on top of, but it could be interpreted that way as well, you know, with the live aesthetic, which is great. You know, it just, it's great for energy for live, for live, for the live scene. Well, well, think, think about the culture on that one. I thought one that you was pretty funny and interesting. Lil Wayne with a man it's ridiculous. And it's crazy because, you know, he he fits that rock persona. So you got a rapper that started off as a rapper, and now he looks more like he could be the fourth member in Red Chili Peppers or something like that. So right, he's right. taking on that persona. I mean, like, I've seen, I saw him, I saw him um, just all dropping on your head and with a band, and I was like, wow. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, his, his rock album is actually sound better than some of the hip hop albums he put out there, which is crazy. The fact that, you know, he got really into the music. But yeah, I hope to see more collaboration like that over time. I think that's what, you know, like you said, the problem with hip hop today is there's so many artists you can't understand. And there's so many artists that are so clever. You know, look at Lil Uzi, the Lil Uzi movement right now. I don't know if you know what that is. Lil Uzi is like, it's like blurring hip hop, rap, rock, and probably emo. Now the emo stuff has crept into hip hop. Now you got the emo, you got the emo hip hop going on. Like Travis Scott, you know, this it's a whole different genre. Which um, right, you know, right. even even um, you know, even you think about Tyler Creator, you know, you think about those guys. They have a rock base to them. They move like rock stars. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
now, now I got to hear that now. Now I got to hear that with the emo, with the emo influence. I'm now you, uh, <laughs> you got me interested. I got to check it out. Not necessarily because I love it or don't love it. I just got to hear it now. I just want to hear how it sounds. So I got to check that. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah it, emo hip hop emerging a little bit. You know, there's rappers, you know, it's the dark side is the black nails is the long hair is the, it's, you know, it's the belts. You know the the tight jeans. You're like, okay, is that a rapper? Is that, is, or is he or is he rock? It's a mixture of both. It's a it's a hybrid. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, you know, there's there's been so much of it, and why you know, if you if you can go into something without without having a boundary, there's no reason why you can't produce something out of it. You know, like it's whatever. I mean, if I'm with my guys and we're you know primarily a rock band, well, it's probably going to come out that way but it could be turned and twisted and manipulated any which way we want it from that point on so i think it's great that that people are digging in and out of different genres i think it's good it keeps people interested is what it does it probably you know from a marketing perspective i think it's a great idea because you're ultimately once you've reached that point now you're you're spreading that that blanket over a wider group you know, you start seeing different faces at your shows and selling more gear, you know, so it makes perfect sense. So um, it should always be a thing. You know, there's one thing I'm going to always, that's why my, my kid last night loving Eric B, you know, also loves this punk rap band that I just, they're not new, but I just discovered them kind of this band called the gallows. I can't stop listening to them. I know they are. They're English dudes, you know, like blue collared English dudes that are like the kind of a punk metal uh, thing. And I, and I love it, you know, and, um, but, you know, flip the station and I'm, I'm hearing some funk, you know, as well, you know, so I kind of got to have it all, you know, and if you could somehow figure out ways to, to manipulate and put it in and out of things you're doing with the groups you're in, that's great, you know? But, you know, there's, you got to be in front of the right people, right? You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you start, if you're up there already and you're, people are expecting to hear shit from you and you start, you start twisting and turning genres, then all of a sudden you could, you can insult some people, you know, mm-hmm. um, to me, those are the kind of people I don't even want in the crowd. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyways, <laughs> I'd rather have the guy that's, who wants to hear me change it up. You know what I mean? If I'm at that point, I'm, you know, at this point, I don't see that happening, but if I'm at that, that point where I'm packing stadiums and shit like that, mm-hmm. you know, to me, that's, I'd want to have the crowd be open-minded that way. You know? Uh, I, I agree. I mean, the, the, that's what, that's what like, you know, influences the way you listen to music. Like, you know, I got into Bun Iver. You probably know about Bun Iver. Sure. I got, I got into Francis and the Lights, those different groups. I mean, it's and these guys out of Wisconsin. It's crazy that Wisconsin has its own sound, and yeah. you got you got Chicago land down here, basically. And you know, like like Bud Iver, I got into them. Like I was listening, you know, it's like it's like listening. It's like I transitioned from Coldplay to Bud Iver, and yeah. then I start listening to all these different genres. And then you sit there and you start listening to stuff, and you go, "Wow, man, that is ridiculous." You know, you you, you think about it. I mean, there's there's so much good music out there right now. That um, you know, people. You wish sometimes that people like you. Know, we always tell people you, you listen to our show. Go out and listen to something dope today because you know you go out there and just listen to something. It doesn't necessarily have to be hip hop. It's something that basically 
everything is hip hop. While everything is rock to a certain extent, because they all they all like basically they're hybrids of each other. Sure. So that's the way I look at music. I look at music in terms of if it's got a good beat and I listen to it, I start imagining how to use it or how to how some other artists use that track pretty much. That's the way I listen to music or I hear it one time and go, that's a hit. Yeah. You know, there's uh like, you know, like one group I got into, Alabama Shakes. Check them oh, out yeah. if you Oh man, they they yeah. can play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's a great yeah. singer. That great singer. Yeah. I got I, yeah. I heard them up in um up in Milwaukee at a record shop and I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of those bands too. I, I mean, I haven't, I don't know if they've even put anything out new lately, but uh, I remember they had, a, they were, there was a buzz around them a little while mm-hmm. back and uh, everything I had heard, I enjoyed from them, you know, and that's not hip hop. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. true rock. That's not necessarily, that almost has a kind of Americana behind it and underneath it, you know, a little bluesy at times, you know, a little folky at times, all melded into one, you know. Uh, so again, it's, there's always that that crossover and uh, cross contamination, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, the good cross contamination, you know, but um, I'll tell you what, I would love again I'm, uh, to get back to that is to get to get reacquainted with some of my old friends and and put some some good, you know, bounce your head type you know, hip hop overlayment on some of the things that I'm doing musically now, I'd love to do it. I think it would be great. I think it'd be fun. Um, and uh, I have a feeling we'd probably be able to pack some places if we did it, <laughs> you know, oh, some small man. places, but, you know, but some places nonetheless, you know, so maybe, maybe uh, Jay, when he listens back at this, Jay, we want to get this together again, you know, let's work on something. <laughs> No man, I think he want he want that very badly. I mean, it's 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 needed right now, Dave. In that situation, you think in terms of uh, the light of what we're dealing with in this country, today, music is our saving grace right now. You think about it. it, it's the it's the thing that everybody unites. So we might not, you know, people might not agree on what they believe in, but they'll sit there and listen to music and bond at the same time, which is the beauty of music. I, dude, I couldn't agree more. You know, and that is like when I I know people who don't listen to music. Like they, they'd rather have talk radio on or some shit when they're in the car. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know how, yeah. You know, I don't know how, I mean, like my soul would bleed if I didn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? If like, mm-hmm. if I didn't have that, it's, it's, it's important. I think it's very important. I mean, it's a soundtrack of, uh, of your life, not to sound corny or whatever, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's all important. It keeps you stimulated. You know, and it keeps the mind and the soul stimulated as far as I'm concerned. Music is at the at the core and the center of it all, um, at least for me. And it, it is in my household because thankfully I have also a wife who was a good fan of of good music and has been supportive of, of going to good shows and and been my sidekick at so many different shows and genres and shit. She, she'd probably be better at a hip hop history than I would because she loves her hip hop, you know, um, but uh it's allowing me to keep it definitely vibrant in my household with my kids. Um, Cause I kind of, I'll be, a, I'd be lying if I would say that I didn't want them to be little musicians only because I know how good it makes me feel, you know, when I'm doing it. So I want them to have that feeling, you know, of course, if they don't, and they veer off and they do something else, that's cool too. But um, I want them at least to try and it's good for the minds. 
and everything else, you know, and as far as, you know, music, music is math, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's a math, it, it's all done with math, you know what I mean? Four times, three times, five times, however, so these little kids are getting a little education when they're doing it as well, you know, so it's, it's good on so many levels, but like I said, I don't know how you cannot have music. I don't care if it's country. I don't care if it's classical. I don't care what it is. You know, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I don't get guys who don't have something on in the background at some point, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it gets you through the day, man. Like, you know, I could be having a bad day and I could change the song or I'm in a meeting and I'm annoyed. I got music in the background playing. It's it's just what I, I know exactly what you mean. Like XM radio it's been a godsend because to be able to listen to whatever genre you want when you want to listen to it with no with no commercials, that's right. awesome. You know, right. like uh, you know, I I grew up in the era where you know we were burning CDs and mini discs and stuff like that. You know, we're going to Coconuts and Tower yeah. Records downtown, Coconuts. Buying, <laughs> buying music everywhere. You know, at that yeah. point, we're carrying around the giant CD cases, and then they took that away from us. And they yeah. went to this uh man to the MP3 world, and that was annoying for a minute. That mean we went to iPods. You remember the iPod revolution? It was who had the biggest iPod with all the music in, and we plucked it in somewhere. And then we got off of that, and it went to the cloud. And when it went to the cloud, it became XM. And now, and now we're coming back into vinyl. So now right. vinyl has crept back into the whole situation because yeah, I, you know, I got into vinyl maybe about ten years ago. And I was doing, I was, you know, we were, it was a group of us buying it, but it's nothing like today. Today you go to Target, there's vinyl. You go to Best Buy for now, there's vinyl. Right. You go in there and you see all this vinyl. And now, and now, you know, I was going to record shops like Reckless Records. I was going to Sugar on, on Milwaukee Avenue, that whole, the whole Wicker Park. Wicker Park is where I got my music from. Because course, every, record, yeah. every record shop over there was selling hip hop. You know, it was buying the Beatles albums. It was picking up Led Zeppelin. Then it brushed off the hip hop, you know, you know, whatever Jay Z album that came out 25, 30 years ago, you wanted that album. So it, it's so it, it, it's beautiful stuff, man. You another know? another good spot for you too, if mm-hmm. if you're looking at buying some vinyl here and there, is uh, is Guitar Center. They have a vinyl yeah. section in Guitar Center because you know I'll be there buying my instruments or buying chords or buying whatever for mm-hmm. whatever I'm doing, and that's where I've tripped over some great albums recently. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a section in there and they'll, you know, they'll they'll change it. They'll change it up. And, you know, I've seen everything from Stevie Wonder to Led Zeppelin in, in there, you know what I mean? So, um, and all of all of that is is beautiful, you know. So what's beautiful about about also the vinyl is it is it brings you back to the isolation aspect of, of music, you know, with mm-hmm. the cloud and everything else and the different Spotify's and Amazon Musics of the world. That's great for the mobile mobile world you know um of moving around and doing things but when you're when you have that album you're not taking your turntable and throwing it in the back seat of your car you know what i'm saying so it's like you're, you're you're at home and you're putting that on and you're getting into it in within your space and that's the beauty of it and it kind of brings it back to to where it all started um so that's a great thing um with that you know i still do that even with the cloud you know i'll down here working out or I'm down here hanging out or I'm doing something in my, in my, my cave and there's music on, you know? So, um, if it's by happening by way of Amazon music or Spotify or, um, I miss my iPod to be honest with you. You know, I kind of missed what was great about those iPods 
is when you got the big the big one and you you have 10,000 songs in there and you're downloading your own music in there you start hearing stuff you haven't heard in a long time because you're you're going on that far out song on the album that you kind of skip past once in a while so so that was great so it was almost like better than a radio station in a sense because you were listening to artists that you love but you were listening to songs you haven't heard from in a while at times when you were shuffling so i do miss you know that um that side of it but it's too easy i think in times it kind of makes people fickle um Mm -hmm to music and you got to have the true lovers of music to kind of to know that there still is good music out there because i i hear people saying at times oh man there's not nothing good out there and i'm like that's not true that that's not true you know what i mean there's a lot of good bands out there there's a lot of good up-and-coming bands a lot of good shit that that um you could be listening to if you're a true fan of music you know you just gotta you gotta know where to look you know and go down that rabbit hole, listen to one. And next thing you know, something else is popping up. That's there. That's the convenience of the times now. Right. You know, so, um, but it's out there, you know, it's definitely out there. Uh, you're right. You got so many different avenues. Like guitar said, I definitely check them out. Cause I've been thinking about buying. So the weird thing with music, the way I look at it, like I'm thinking about buying a DJ controller set because it's like, it's like sometimes you sit there and you go, okay, like you know, I'm working with you know Jay on the Jay on the, on the pod or something like. He sends me an MP3 or something. I'm like, I want to put on a controller and see what we can do to change it. So it's like I hear, I hear, I hear something that they got produced. I'm like, what if you changed it? Or what if you slowed it down? What if you, you know what? If, what if you put a layer on top of it? Sure. That's the way I, I hear stuff sometimes. But like it's missing something. So you hear it and you go, okay, right. So the 808 is off a little bit on this. Let's fix the 808. Now listen to it. It sounds to- like a totally different song. It's like, um, I mean, we do, music is so different from when, you know, you think about, you mentioned Stevie Wonder, you think about the the songs, The Key of Life. You think about that album. The production on that album is ridiculous. And you hear it and you're just like, wow, is that the only thing that, you know, sometimes you, sometimes that's an album you make, and how do you follow it up? It's almost like, you just can't, you can't, you can't go to that, that you know, like I always joke about, being in the studio during those moments, how do you recreate that? You don't in that situation. I mean, Michael Jackson right. did the same thing with Off the Wall. Off the Wall was better than better than Thriller, to be honest with you. Right, you know, that, right. Man, you know, that album is so much better than other albums. And you hear it and you go, okay, this is Quincy Jones or this is so-and-so. Or that's Rick Rubin on this track. Listen to this track compared to the other tracks today. I mean, right. you can't you can't duplicate. That's always been my issue, even with sports, you think about it. People talk about the the goat comparison, right? And you go, dude, I'm so you know, tired of that shit. Oh, you know what I mean? Uh, how do you compare Michael to LeBron? And then you throw Wimbledon in the situation who hasn't done anything yet, but he's going to be a good player. He's just getting started, so you can't compare Michael to LeBron. Two different eras in that situation. You know, this era, I can hand check you, mug you, fight you in the parking lot, and do cocaine. This is the era of I'm gonna fall on the ground, cry about it, and you're gonna give me two free throws and respect me. That's the Me Too movement versus the We Saw It movement in that situation. So I'm like my kid, you know, my 11 year old is a LeBron fan, and she always goes, He's so much better than Michael. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. If you believe that in your in your in your vision of basketball, he's he's you no, know, he's your goat, okay? I'll let you have that. But you know. Sure. We saw we saw we saw Kobe at a certain level. You saw Michael at a certain level. We were, you know, we, we were spoiled. I mean, mm-hmm. 
I mean, honestly, to, to what we've dealt with with Chicago sports over the last, especially with the Bulls right now, they, they aggravate the shit out of me because I love Oh, the Bulls. God, that game last night. Jesus Christ. You know, um, it, it's like, what a what a blessing, I mean, like that was. I mean, it was just, it, it, we, can, we can, it'll never be like that again. I don't care who was born. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. who's born and, and comes in and I don't care how many YouTube videos they watch on how to dribble with three butt basketballs. It doesn't matter. You know, what we had back then was just, uh, it was unreal. And it was, what a great, like for me, when they won their first championship, I was like mm-hmm. 19 years old. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what a time. I remember going to Michael Jordan's restaurant and watching mm-hmm. playoff games through the course of all that with my fake ID, you know what I mean? And, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it can never be duplicated. So, you know, yeah, you're right. You got to give the kids what they know. They don't know. They don't know the difference. Right. But it's like Led Zeppelin now, then to a rock band. Now one doesn't mm-hmm. exist without the other, you know, you know, what I mean? right. you know, and Jordan without the goal, you know, really to me, it's Jordan, then Kobe. Then you maybe talk about LeBron in, in the middle of all that, but Kobe's a lot closer to Jordan than, than LeBron ever will be as far as that killer instinct goes, you know? And with music, again, there's that, that parallel, you know? There's there's so many great bands out there and they're doing their thing. And of course they're influenced by some of that stuff from the past. Of course you should be, and you should be okay to talk about it. You know what I mean? Because that's where it starts, you know? That's where it all starts. So again, there's not, there isn't one without the other. Um, but yeah, we were spoiled. <laughs> oh man, I, I think of yeah, you, you that game of the night, watching Giannis destroy them, and you know, watching Zach take bad shots, and you know, I'm just like, you know, it, you know, I try not to say, you try not to be negative about that situation, because you like, okay, I say something negative, it lives forever on a podcast, right? Yeah. But you, but you look at it and you go. Okay, are they really this bad? What's wrong with them? Is Giannis really this good? I think Giannis in the '80s is an average player in the '80s. I think there's so many Giannis body types back then. There's so many strongmen in the NBA at that point in time. I think he's got a unique skill set. But does he win MVP in the '80s? Probably not. You know, if Magic Johnson struggled to win MVP with Michael, Larry, and everybody else out there. You yeah, know, like Carl Malone and, and the rest uh, yeah, of I was just going to say, put, put him up against Carl Malone and let's see how he muscles Carl Malone. You know, I think it's a different game. He's Otis Thorpe at that point. You know, if you think about it, I mean, you know, and these guys get so, you know, even hearing like, like you know, Gilbert Arenas complain about the NBA being so garbage in the 80s. And you go, well, Gilbert, okay, let's talk about your era. Your era was part of Michael's third coming, right? right. And, you guys, and you guys barely... None of you guys want anything, but right. but you guys are all saying you're great. Or I was cooking people. You cooked for like five or six games during the season, had some big games, but did you cook in the finals? Did you cook six times in the finals or whatever? Or yeah. they said LeBron, he gets a trophy for getting there. I don't believe in the participation culture, uh, participation tro- uh, trophy culture going on right now. Right, right. Where right. if I get there, you got to give me, you got to give me a high five for getting there. I right. might not win it. But guess what? They're a better team than me, so I'm a spe- I'm a spectacle lose against the Warriors or whatever. I never understood that mentality. That's that's the mentality right. that um that the NBA has today. Music, grace, you know, grace, you know, basically hasn't went that route. But you hope music never gets to the point where people are just doing just enough to survive, and the genre is dead at that point. You know, that's 
you know, sports, that's where we're at right now, especially NBA life is if I get there and I try, you got to make me a ghost. Right. <laughs> like, right. doesn't work that way. No, it's, I mean, from a, from a sports fan's perspective, it like, it's, it's disappointing. And I always love seeing the dude wearing the same Jersey throughout his whole career. I always I thought there was too. some, I thought there was something to that. You know, there's a loyalty aspect to it. There's a not give up aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously these guys jumping around, James Harden forces himself out anywhere he doesn't want oh, to be. And, you know, it gets, it gets frustrated. And I, you know, I love basketball. I, I love basketball and football. And I, what sucks about our Chicago teams is that, you know, like with the bears last year, they were the, they were the worst, most exciting team in the league. Yeah. You know, Justin Field was running all over the place. It kind of, we kind of, you know, we'll get a next year mentality. And then, you know, we're kind of falling flat again, you know, with the bulls, it's like, they're good enough to keep you interested, mm-hmm. but they're not going to win anything. And, and they, I hate to say it, but they got to blow that team up. You know what I mean? And they got to do what these other teams are doing. Look at the Orlando Magics and the Detroit Pistons of the world. The records might not show it right now, but give them a couple years with all the draft picks and all the moves that they've made. Some of those cores stay together. They're going to be good teams. You know, they're going to be really good teams. And the Bulls seem to have a hard time with those young athletic teams. And uh, you, know, you know why? We draft the same body type year after year. There's Dale and Terry. There's the Paul. I'm going to start calling that dude the maiden. There's, um, you know, Kobe White's a little bit shorter in that situation, but he he's a, he, you know, he's instant offense, but you got him running the point guard. You got him being a point guard in the NBA, which means that he's more of a two. Or he's your six man at this point, you know. To be honest with you, and then you got. You know what? He stepped up though. I think he's doing a good job. I think he's, doing this a hell of a job. he's yeah. playing. A, he's playing a lot better defense than he has mm-hmm. in the past. His D, his D has stepped completely stepped up, right. and his and his uh, ball handling skills altogether, I think, have have definitely improved. They had to if he was going to play the point, but he was showing that signs of that last year. I think giving him a giving him a contract helped build some confidence there. So I think you know Kobe's potentially. Someone they they keep around. I like the kid, um, the rookie that they got. Uh, what's that? I think he played for was it Texas maybe or oh Philip Phillips Julian Julian Phillips Phillips right? yeah. You know, I'm like I'm yelling at at the TV like just put the kid in, like put him in. You know what I mean? What's you know these other teams are playing young guys play the play the young guys. You know what I mean? If we're we're not Who winning. Wants? This, Mm-hmm. You know, we're not winning a championship here. Get these kids some some mileage. You know what I mean? Like, let's mm-hmm. get them in these games. Let's get them some real-time game experience. I think that's a kid who potentially blossoms and becomes something a little bit more. He's got that – he's got that new – you know, again, the body type, mm-hmm. long, lanky, can shoot, can shoot, and can dunk the shit out of the ball. You know what I mean? That's a kid who needs playing time, you know, as far as I'm concerned. But Donovan's not oh. playing him. You know, you know like, a, a domo, you know, you got domo, you got him, you know, you got to go young at this point. The, the problem I think with Patrick Williams is that he lost his will. They didn't give him the contract. He went zero. He put those zeros up. He, he failed to score in two games. He looked depressed. He did in one of those games. He won the game and he walked off the court a certain way. We break athletes in Chicago. You know, we broke Justin Fields, to be honest with you, unfortunately. We right. took the excitement out of that man's life. That 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 young dude is not going to be the same. We broke Justin Fields, and every time you, you watch a Bears game, and you go, we try to make him a pocket passer. He's not a pocket passer, so we want right. you to stand here and and read the defense and make the right pass. 
That guy's running the option. He's running a spread option. Now, it's the West Coast offense with Justin Fields. You got to let him get out there and be a playmaker right. and use his feet, and that's how he's going to That's how he's gonna win games. Right. To turn, to turn him into Drew Brees, good luck. Or turn him into a, a Peyton Manning type. He's not, that's not him. They didn't play that I way know, in Ohio I agree. State. I agree. So, I mean, but, you know, yeah. with that with that situation, it's like they – you coach, you bring, you have this coach, this guy didn't work, this guy was trying to do this, and you bring this guy in, and, like, it's like, you know, these guys need consistency. And they need to have, as you said, you know, play to this guy's strong points, not try to make him something that he is not. And um, I, I just, you know, my last name, Urso, means bear. It means tra- – that's what it means, bear in Italian. And it's like, I'm a Chicago bear, dude. You know what I mean? I want my bears. I got the plates on my truck. On my, my Chicago bears play. I love mm-hmm. my teams. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm a Sox fan over a Cubs fan, even though I don't wish bad on the Cubs, you know? And, uh, it's hard not teams- to. <laughs> what's that? It's hard not to sometimes. I mean, it's, you know. it's not, you know, my wife's a Cubs fan. We're house divided, yeah. you know, but yeah. I want my teams to win. I want them for my sons, like to see these, see good teams. Cause I know how that, how awesome that is. You know, because again, we were spoiled. You know, um, mm-hmm. but uh, the Bears haven't been good in a long time, and they need to step. They need to step up and figure some shit out. It, it's ownership. It's ownership with them. To be honest with you, I mean, um, it's not going to change until the McCaskey change. You know, because we could go out and get a new coach. I mean, it looks like Harbaugh. It looks like Harbaugh is going to come, come, and come and join us after this year. After his, after all his you know, troubles in Michigan. We're going we're gonna to get Harbaugh. The problem getting Harbaugh right now is that he's going to want to put a different system in. That's going to set us back two to three years. Totally. He's not going to rock with Fields because he knows Fields' game from when you know, coaching at Michigan, Ohio State. And he's had some reservations about Fields' game. So if you hire Harbaugh, you're saying by the Fields at this point. He's going to go out, get the pocket passer. They're going to get the running back that you know, carries 20, 30 times per game and a tight end. So you already know what that's going to happen. You know, you know getting rid, getting rid of Eberflus is the, is the end of Phil's here, and they're going to get the number one pick. They're going to they're going to draft probably Caleb or somebody, and right. they're going to go they're going to go back to the future. That's what's going to happen pretty much. They're going to reset. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I I like what I saw out of Fields last year. I like year. it too. You know what I saw last year, leading into this year, why I was optimistic like I am mm-hmm. most of the time because I love my teams again, but is that I saw that the kid had heart. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like what sometimes what you don't have in skill can be made up with that, with that, with the heart, with the urge to, to want to make it happen. And at times his heart was, it was pushing him to kind of overdo it last year. And that's where he was making his mistakes, you know? Um, But he didn't have, he didn't have DJ Moore, you know, and DJ Moore is a beast and I feel like they're not using him right. You know what I mean? Like he's the kid needs to see the ball. I don't care how, I don't care if it's a, you know, a two yard dump, get that kid, the ball, let him, they, he gets yardage after the catch, you know? So. Let him um, play in space. Let him, let him play in space. If you put it, you give him the ball in space, he'll get you 10 or 15 extra yards on top of that. He's, he's a, he's a beast. And, and he's the a beast. The kid's a beast, man. He's yards game, after the catch. Game. Yeah, Man. no, they they're not using him right, you know. And if you're using him right, that's going to free up Mooney, who I oh I think has got great hands and he's quick, and I but like you that. Unlock, yeah, but you got to unlock more. You got to uh, unlock DJ in order to get to get to get Mooney playing. And then exactly. you, know, and, you know, you think about if they were to if they were to draft a wide receiver this year and not look at the quarterback position, 
That'd be fine. I mean, are you going to pick up somebody in free agency right now? But that offensive line has been god awful. They're better now. They're right. a whole lot better. You see what they're what they're doing for Bayesian is totally different. Because they they matured over the season. Early on, Fields is getting dumped every other play, man. And yeah. you know, Bajan has got really good protection right now. So that means that when Fields comes back, he should be able to take take advantage of that protection. But those guys are going to be athletic enough to keep up with Fields. Stepping out that pocket. That's what the problem is right now. He's he's like uh Ohio State, they had dogs out there. They had guys that he had he had he had defenders out, he had people out there that were protecting his neck. He was able to do the magic and things he needed to get done. Right. The Bears don't have that type of offensive line right now, but they should be able to get it. Well, when, you're, when you're running for your life and you feel mm-hmm. people breathing down your neck all the time, yeah. and then mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna make bad decisions, you know, and it's mm-hmm. um you know, I know, I know we, we, we got in the sports and everything, but, you know, yeah. but like back to the music, yeah. back to the music thing, mm-hmm. you know, one thing that another thing that relates is like from the quarterback position, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like the quarterback playing the drums. Cause I'm trying, I'm keeping everyone together. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when you, when you get kind of um, comfortable in your skin, that, that cliche that you've heard basketball players and football players say over time is the game slows down. It does. It's slow motion. When you're good, I can see everything, every mistake out there. I can see it before it happens. I played basketball, so I I, I would see people. I can visualize the ball. They're going to do this. They run the same set every time they come up to court. It's the same thing in music. You know, when you know artist is good, or you know you, you're the drummer, you control. You're like the you're like the you're like the general out there on the stage. You're the one that we you know you when you rock, we rock. That's how it works with the drummer situation. Right. If you're we're off court, but they wouldn't even notice because you you establish what the rhythm is, the cadence is out there. Right. Right. And you know, and from a quarterback's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Now you got you got people mm-hmm. breathing down your neck the whole time. And and mm-hmm. uh so yeah, I mean they needed to make some improvements to the line. I think they have. Um mm-hmm. and you know, hopefully the, the group will grow and they'll be able to strengthen it so we can actually get someone to throw get some time to make some good decisions back there. But I mean, we're, we're on the same page. We want to see our teams win. I love there's nothing like I would always, my Monday mornings will always be better when the Bears would win on Sunday, <laughs> you know? Oh, and, Sunday sucks when they lose. They lose on a Sunday, and you got to go to work the next day, and you got those Packer fans in your office. And it's nothing like living in, it's nothing like living in Chicago with Packer fans. Oh, it's and, yeah. and they're the worst. I mean, how do you wear that ugly jersey every day? They're like, it's, it's a better color than the Bears blue and orange. I'm like, no, it's not. You want to tell yourself that to sleep at night, fine with me. <laughs> But, you know, it's it's a lot of hate. You know, we're in a toxic relationship, Dave. I mean, some days it's good. Other days you want a divorce. You know, yeah. say the Bears, the, the Bulls, the, the Blackhawks are coming back. Bedard is, Bedard is a beast. You know. Yeah, you that, put, kid, that kid's looking good. You put a couple more weapons around that kid. It's, you know, I you know I saw Kane. You know, you, you know so I, I was here during the Kane era. And, and um, you know, you look at about what he did. This kid might be five years ahead of him. And, yeah. and, and his stick handling is incredible. Yeah. But that yeah. kid's slap shot I heard is like 80, 90 to 90 miles an hour yep. or something. On one leg. Oh, yeah, that's off balance. Yeah, he's, he's a skinny, he's a skinny young kid. So, you know, there, you know, there's, there's just straight, yeah. that's just that he was born with it. No, nah, man, he, 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 you know, he's a, he's a generational talent. I mean, you, right. you know, like that's, that's what it would take for the Bulls. You gotta find you want to be humble. You gotta develop a bunch of a bunch of studs like Pitt, the Detroit Pistons did when they won the championship over the Lakers. 
you know, you know, I'm talking about the Ben Wallace era. You got to get a bunch of guys that want to do the dirty work in order to win the right. championship, or you need a stud. That's the way it's going to work for Chicago sports. Absolutely. The Cubs won that year because they had a bunch of dogs, and then you had, you know, they had a lot of draft picks, and they fleeced the socks on a lot of players. <laughs> a lot of those players were not in the Sox farm system. So think about how the Cubs yeah. got good. The Sox helped them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. And that was the reverse. Now they go out and try to buy a World Series this year. If they get Otani, Jesus Christ. That's what I got to say. The Sox should be the first person that they had played. You know, Otani would change the whole culture of the White Sox. But we won't spend the money. Yeah, no, they won't. You know, there's a, there's one common point there between the Bulls and the and the Sox, right? Reinsdorf. You know, it's like, yeah. you, know, and, you know, if you fall back on history – says, yeah, we got there in 2005, and yeah, the Bulls were what they were at, at one mm-hmm. time. But, you know, um, the Sox, a lot of things happened right. They made the right moves and so forth. They had a good core. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bulls were the Bulls. I, I, I And the, now the times have changed. I don't. I just don't see how some of those old ways of doing things are going are gonna to work, you know. So I, I almost feel the same way as I do with Reinsdorf as I do with the McCaskies, mm-hmm. in a sense. You know, they got to change. There's got to be a complete change or like sell the team off, do something. You know what I mean? Like let's sell it to people who want to look at what happened to the Cubs when they sold, when they, you know, when Wrigley sold, you know, I mean, so, I mean, that's actually a good example of, of that new blood in there and, and, mm-hmm. you know, a back room that wants to make shit happen, you know? So We'll see. Otherwise, we're just going to be continually frustrated <laughs> from that side of things, uh, you know. But I have a feeling the Bulls. I have a feeling the Bulls are going to. I think this is it. No, I think they're going to get to a point where they're going to realize here they're going to have to say, "Okay, we throw in the towel. Let me let me get some draft picks, mm-hmm. and let's and let's let's go young on this thing, and then get a developmental type coach in there to do that." Um, and I don't know if if um, it, what's his face? Uh, Billy, Billy, he's not gonna Billy. stick around. I don't know. I don't. I know if he's the right guy. You know, for that. You know, so you know, he he needs to go to a veteran team, a team that's on the verge of trying to get to the championship, and he can just come in and put his system in. Right now, look at Toronto. Toronto had a farm system. Nurse leaves, goes to Philly because he realizes that I got to develop these guys. They got a lot of killers up there in Toronto. The problem is, you need time. Right. He goes to Philly, he gets MB, he gets Maxie and the rest of those players, they're ready to go right now. Right. So whoever whoever got Toronto or Indiana Indiana's Indiana's got a lot of the young 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 um, young horses out there. Yeah. You look at uh Detroit's loaded, and you know, you think about this and you go, okay, and look at Cleveland. Everything outside of Chicago was loaded because we sat pegged. We went older and we went, you know, Lonzo ball with the engine behind the bulls. When Lonzo went down. He makes all these parts work together. Right. When we lost our engine, and I felt bad for Zoe in that situation because you're like, man, he was he was there. And you you saw you you saw what you saw what AK built, and right. you're like, look at look at this. You're like this guy is this guy is throwing dimes out here. They're shooting threes at a high level. These are not good shooters. And he played D. He, he played and D. He played D. You know, he I mean that. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was. I agree. I mean, and that that sucks because we didn't we didn't get to see the full potential, and I don't think that's going to ever come to fruition. I don't know uh-huh. if that kid will, that kid won't ever come back the same way. There's no way, and that's a shame. You know, you don't want to see that for these young guys. You know, um, twenty six years old with with, with basically a degenerate 
uh, degenerate knee at this point. That knee is that knee doesn't look good. You know, I, I I've seen them trying to walk on it, seen them trying to do. You saw the challenge. He's jumping out the pool with it, and I'm like, no, Zo, don't do it. Yes. <laughs> you need to walk one day. So, you know, you you won't find another Lonzo and uh, another Lonzo ball at this point. You won't find another Zo ball. You know, uh, I think the our big three is aged rapidly without him. And you know, Bush plays no D. Um, you know, doesn't have interest in defense. He rebounds well. And then, you know, Damar and, and Zach are essentially the same people. So they're ISO ball players. So the ball sticks when it goes to them. So how do you get other players involved? That that means Patrick Williams has been delayed two, three years development development-wise. Uh Kobe found the way to play with the three of them. Right. Paul, the, the ball couldn't figure it out. He won't figure right. it out. Yeah, that, that being that being said, with all that, I am I am very pleased with with Craig and Carter those pickups. Uh, you know what? Best pickups in a long time. You know why? Because they're the play. They're the missing pieces. They're the hustle pieces. We never they really are. You know, Carter Carter's been hitting the lights out with the threes, and the kid yeah. plays D, and he's just and he's a Chicago kid. You know, provides yeah. least. So you gotta you gotta love you gotta love that. Um, so I'm very happy with that. That was two of the better moves that they made. Um, you know, even though I, I loved, uh, was that kid, uh, Javante green, um, that played yeah. for the, I, I loved his energy and six, six, four, six, three, the kid would dunk, tear the, tear the backboard off when he was, when he's he was a dunking. monster. He yeah. was a month. Yeah. He's out the league now, unfortunately knee problems. No, I know. I think he's playing for Houston. Is it Houston now? Good. Yeah, good. Me, me and my son, my son was interested in him because we both love Javante. Uh, so he, you know, he, he asked uh, he asked Alexa last week where Javante Green was playing. <laughs> <laughs> Market. Yeah. We had that back in the 80s. Where is Kevin McHale <laughs> right now? I mean, right. Right. Yeah. That's funny. So uh, listen, they, man, I got I got to move on to get get some work done today, and uh, I could talk to you for hours. You 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 guys are awesome. You're obviously a good guy. I'm glad Jay hooked up with you, um, and I and I really appreciate uh, the interest and the time you're taking to uh, to talk to me, little old me. Awesome, you know what I mean? So I appreciate you, Dave. And just want to say, yeah, you ever want to come back on? We do sports and we do sports and music. You know, we definitely do a show like that. Talk about what that what that plan was, you know, what music was like during the Bulls era and the Blackhawks era. We could do that, but definitely uh, go get some work done. I'm about to do the same thing, and definitely um, everybody check us out. We're a podcast. We're available. Go listen to something dope today, and appreciate you guys for listening. All right, and, and one more one more thing. Yeah. Why don't Why don't we have a uh, Why don't we all get together and have a a holiday cocktail sometime? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make a plan to do that. So thank you so much. No, thank you, Dave. All right. All right. Have a good rest of the week. You too, man. All right, peace.
on my